I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 60 of Digital Divination. That's a big round number. It's a nice round number. Yeah. yeah 60 like, is the new 50, I think. Oh, oh, I'm glad you're saying. I hope I, yeah, I'm way closer to 60 than you, so I don't know. I'm sorry. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That, that wasn't a comment on my age, was it? No, no, no. I was trying okay. to make it. I was trying to one up that your 50th episode by saying yes. this one's going to be even more oh, exciting yes. and better. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking we're we're 60% of the way to 100 now versus mm-hmm. 50%. So so that's uh, yeah. Just I that's I like good. to I like to think that we're getting there, but it's like one episode every 2 weeks. It takes a while. It takes mm-hmm, a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, but time marches inexorably forward as it always does. It it does. Yes. Yes. So speaking of time, uh, how was your mm. time this this past week? How you know since we last talked? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I have been doing this um, uh, uh, thing where I'm I'm making crossword puzzles again, uh, specifically cryptic crosswords. And I found a little uh, like a website that helps you generate them and shares them in mm-hmm. kind of like a blog. Um, so in the past couple of weeks, I think I put out two already. And uh, just the other day, there's like a a uh, oh, they get, they, people can comment on them, and they, everyone's left really nice comments. So it's been it's been pretty heartening. Uh, so that's that's fun. And and our you know our good friend Joe Passini solves them on uh, his Twitch stream when I put them out. So it's oh, it, where do you put them out at? It's a website called Cross. Well, I think it's I think it's it's Crosshair or maybe Cross Share, but it's it definitely has a rabbit as a symbol. So it's it's you know it's just right. two s's c r o s s h a r e so dot right. org. Nice. And so you put them up yeah. and then Joe finds yours, only yours. <laughs> well, I send them to him. He solves <laughs> a bunch of other puzzles. He's all, you know, he's always solving puzzles yeah, uh, on yeah. his stream and doing other things. So he's been doing that. Um, yeah. I've also been, uh, uh, the past couple weeks I didn't do so much, but only Sunday I did my own stream where I played a, a video game a set in 17th century France where you cheat at cards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So is it, is it like a first person uh, point it's, of view or it no it's more of like a uh, it's got this really great art style uh, it's more of a point and click adventure type mm-hmm. deal and then the and and it's some, some rhythm elements in the card cheating and then uh <laughs> the comte de saint germain uh, i don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh french history at all uh but he is a sort of a notorious uh supposed con artist uh of, of history and uh, he's teaching you how to cheat at cards to to get money and, oh. and, and maybe is this a good yeah. how to like if I wanted to learn how to cheat at cards, a no, little no. bit, a little bit. You'd have to. Still, I mean, you still have to learn how to like palm palm cards and do all this. Oh, the, oh, it's really, of hand really serious cheating then. Yeah, but and it's also like stuff card like, counting. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff like signaling. Yeah, because there's the two yeah. of you, and you signal to him that this person has. Oh. You can, you know, you get a good look at their. Like, there's one part where you're just dealing the cards out, and you've got to deal the cards to the to the to the bet to the to your the person you're trying to swindle over a mm-hmm. reflective surface so you can see oh. them 
And then you go, oh yeah, well that guy, and then you signal with you know, holding cards a certain way, like oh that guy has wow. a king of king of hearts, and that lets you win the bet. Basically, it's real simplified in that sense. You're not necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. worried mm-hmm. about chance too much. Yeah. And, yeah. and where do you stream that one at? Um, I have a Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv slash hers Weston. Uh, it's oh. very infrequent, but if you yeah. follow me there, you'll get a notification when I do it. I, you know, I will do that because I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Of I'm, I'm still getting to know you, so I want to see the kind of things you occupy yourself with. So true, true. I will, I will check that out. It's not how long Let's is do. it typically? I only stream for about an hour usually. Yeah. Okay. Ninety minutes okay. at most tops. You know. Yeah. Something. Uh, and now is that recorded at all afterwards? Or oh yeah. Just the, yeah. Twitch has uh, vods. Oh, they, uh, I don't know how long they stay up though. To okay. be honest, okay. I'm I'm kind of a, just a complete newbie at Twitch, so yeah. Well, cool. I will I will check that out. Yeah, well, that's that's like you've been doing something creative and productive. Sure, I, I currently don't have any like freelance, so I've been doing other my own projects basically, and that's that's one of them. The oh. crossword puzzles is one of them. Yeah. yeah. What about you, well, John? Well, speaking of freelance, I just wrapped up mm-hmm. a freelance thing for uh said joe Pacini mm-hmm. for an unnamed project i'm not even gonna say mm-hmm. the nature of the project yeah uh, i don't coming out next year so it's a long yeah. time but it's the biggest uh single uh assignment i've had of about twenty thousand words Ooh, so, nice yeah so i'm feeling like i'm finally getting up to that i want to get up to show i can do like thirty thousand words and somebody mm-hmm. Eventually, will give me an AP. That's kind of my, my goal, <laughs> you know. So I, I, you know, I turned everything in on, on the milestone date, on the final date. You know, hundred percent of word count. Try to format everything as best I could, and and I actually had all kinds of medical issues throughout my eye. I had eye surgery, and now my um right uh, allergies have just been killing me. I have a hard time looking at screens, and so one of the things I was gonna, gonna say for anybody watching the video, I'm. My eyes are probably going to water. I'm probably going to rub them, and I might actually put on sunglasses if uh, if it gets bad enough. Just the, the my eyes are that light sensitive. Um, it, the it's, it's grass pollen in the area, hmm. and uh, apparently I'm super sensitive to that when I was up uh, I was up north near Skagit Valley, and that valley has got tons of pollen. So I came back Monday to to Bothell here, and, and I was better. Then I drove over to Ron's house um, out mm-hmm. in Carnation. And this place, Woodenville, in between was awful. I'm driving. My eyes are getting awful. And Oh, no. Yeah. But they finally cleared up when I got to Ron. So, um, but uh, yeah. So that's what I've been mostly dealing with. Doing, trying to finish my freelance work and then uh, dealing with allergies and stuff. Yeah. But speaking of Ron, um, we haven't given an update on what's up with him, though. He has publicly said some things, and people probably know that Ron is, in fact, uh, taking a position at Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. and they don't want him doing this show anymore, or they have kind of really strict criteria for the type yeah. of things he can do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's, you know, being the lawyer that he is, trying to abide by those rules before he, he's <laughs> uh, comfortable enough to try to bend anything, I guess. But he says it's 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 good work. He's, you know, he's got his head down, working on a... An adventure now, which is kind of what he loves to do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he sent me a, a, a Discord message saying that he had listened to the to our first episode. So, and yeah, tell and that he's back from France. Yes. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Oh, and he brought an interesting uh, gift back from from France. Uh, <laughs> okay. His whole family, yeah. uh, except one of them, got COVID. <laughs> so <laughs> so rough. Yeah. So he had to isolate. In fact, it wasn't up until. Uh, 
Saturday that he, they were all testing negative, so we could actually have our game on Monday. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so that was good. It was because it's the first time. Uh, so we've been playing in person in this house for I don't know, a bunch of months, but we haven't played for like two months because of COVID and this trip and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So it's we're finally getting finally getting back into playing the Abomination Vault. So Abomination Vault. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah. So really, I... really enjoy that. Cool. I I had my uh, well a Monday ago had a fourth fourth session of Outlaws of Alkenstar. Oh wow, that is, sounds like a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, we did. Uh, we're still yeah the the first part essentially. We finished up the first chapter of the first volume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are are you so. playing or GMing? I'm GM. I'm running it, yeah. which means I get to do all my cowboy draws. Uh, Although that session was mostly gnolls and ghosts, so uh, you know, <laughs> not not so much. Ghosts? They're not ghost cowboys, though. That no, this I don't want to spoil much about the adventure, but this particular ghost was not a cowboy. Okay, uh, I'm sure there'll be some ghost cowboys coming up. Yes, uh, yeah, but, so yeah. you could, could mix that in. Do you do a yeah. lot of voices when you're jamming? Then I love doing voices, John. I also just oh, this past couple of weeks just started um, a different for the different group uh, running a game set in the disc world. I don't know if you're familiar with the Discworld yes. Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing, I was doing, you know, terrible British voices. But I also had made a character who was who was essentially French. And as I was yeah. doing her voice, it was coming out. Things came out when I do when I do characters like that. Sometimes the, the improv yeah. in me takes over, yeah, yeah. and I start adding character traits that I didn't realize I was going to do. So I said <laughs> yes. like. I said, like, oh, do you want to take a sneaky peeky as this? And I was like, why did I say sneaky peeky? I don't know. And then, then I really started to like that character. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. I hope nothing happens to this character. I'm really enjoying doing her voice. No, that's neat. That's, I like GMing. I'm not I, – I haven't done a lot of acting or improv or anything. So, you know, other than, like, uh, you know, really gruff Russian, that, that's about the only thing. I You know, Russian or Bulgarian, some flavor of that. That's about all I can do, you know. That Russian is another Russian is a fun one to do. Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, that's neat. You know, I someday, and we've talked about this on offline, we need to get into a game together. Yes. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I want to hear your voices in particular, but I think it'd just be fun to, <laughs> to, to kind of play. So, getting uh, onto our show now, um, you know, one of the things I, I, I do post on our Discord is uh, we have a couple of places for our patrons and also just general community members. I, I kind of say, hey, Jason and I are going to um, record our, our episode. Does anybody have any questions? And one of our uh, very favorite listeners, or they always seem to be listening anyway, uh, goes by the Discord handle Lava Being, and they had a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many we'll get to, but this one I, I, I thought was was relevant. Uh for starting out uh, with you and I, uh, and Lava mm-hmm. being asked, uh, what's the difference between a designer and a developer, especially in the, the Starfinder space? Yeah. Um, it is a fine distinction that I think really only matters at Paizo for the most part, <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest, um, because when we talk about design designers, our design work is creating kind of raw rules and uh, mm-hmm. rules text uh, uh, and developers develop uh, text uh, that is slightly less rules oriented, I would say, mostly, you know, getting into setting and, and lore and, and the narrative and that kind of thing. However, 
every designer develops text and every developer has to design text essentially, right? Because when mm -hmm. we work on, especially a developer when has to work on, a, myself has to work on an AP and there's some, some stuff in the back. There's some new gear in the back or spells or whatever. I'm developing that text, but it's, that's rules text. So it's technically design work in a lot of ways. Um, so on Starfinder, you know, Joe Pacini, who we, who we talked about as our lead designer, and he's sort of sets the tenor for uh, how, what kind of rules, the elements, you know, mm -hmm. he'd like to sort of see. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, due to time restraints and all that, it's, he doesn't get to look at every single piece of rules text that we sort of get through. Um, we, you know, we, we try to get him to read stuff, you know, and then he also deals with the, um, the aftermath of all of that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dealing with the facts and the erratas of, of the rules and uh, uh, maybe answering questions on the forums and stuff like that. And I think that's sort of what happens a lot on the Pathfinder side is, you know, we're they're 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 taking raw classes and and uh, or creating them out of out of whole cloth and then test, you know, doing the, the math necessary to test them or what have you. Um, and when it comes to sort of creating, you know, when we go from, you know, Pathfinder first edition of Starfinder. We needed to do the design work is on making the new classes and updating bits of the rules here and there. And same with when we went from first edition Pathfinder to second edition Pathfinder is a whole team just working on rules. So that's that's in you know sort of in theory what the designer the difference between the two. Now you mentioned one thing, and and now I I kind of wonder because I've had an interesting interaction. So, um, as a developer, you're you're putting together in the APs, there's uh, usually like a, a tool, a GM toolbox or something at the end, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. there will often be a lot of rules, things in there, character options and, and things like that. Do you, f you don't fly that by Joe. He just might look at it sometime, but he doesn't approve sign off on that stuff, he, does he? Often, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let him do a quick sniff test of everything to see how it, it works. Now, that's in the development stage, and that's actually, I think, happens over on the Pathfinder side of things, too. There's a designer who will give a sniff test to some some of the more rulesy elements of a book, whether or not it be a Lost Omens book or a, an adventure path. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, for the most part, we know there's a there's a we keep some documents that are just like, hey, you know, don't make bonuses that high or whatever. You know, like there are some sort of design guidelines. So that that right. sort of right. helps to focus that, you know, we have. The usual math spreadsheets to figure out, you know, weapon damage and spell damage and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's the sort of stuff that Joe makes ahead of time, so that we don't have to bug him. Oh, right, about right, right. Yeah, thing. I've seen those. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering because I was um, doing some writing on the Pathfinder side, mm -hmm. and it was kind of rules based stuff. And one of the things that I was told is, you can't. I was writing something up. I want to make something really cool a certain way. And they said, "Oh, we can't introduce something that different mm. in a uh, in this book. It has to be uh, developed more wholly in a different type of book." And uh, it seemed like a, a lot mm. tighter constraints than I've had in Starfinder, where Starfinder we introduce all kinds of new stuff. Yeah, uh, in the books, you don't have as much depth of lore, I guess, in in history as you do in Starfinder. To, you have to tie together, I guess. Well, yeah, there's that, and, and Starfinder only gets so many books, shots, so that we can uh, uh, essentially, you know, you know, because uh, stuff in APs and all summons, but the, the the Pathfinder hardcovers come out a little more frequently, 
right. than our right. hardcovers do. And our hardcovers have to also encompass our sort of, you know, books that might be a little more heavy lore, monster books or something like that. So they're right. not just pure rules option books. <clears throat> and so we get to be a little loose about, oh, this, here's a bunch of, here's a new kind of spell or something in a Pathfinder AP, as long as we, like, uh, you know, there's some stuff. Oh, we're gonna bring this up. No, it, it won't be that uh, uh, much of a surprise because I've announced the name of the title of the of the adventure, which is uh, our fiftieth uh, AP volume. It's called Clockwork Demons, and that's part of the Drift uh, Drift Hackers uh, AP, uh, which obviously doesn't come out till next year. But there's Clockwork stuff in it, right? And we said oh, it'll be yeah. fun to have some Clockwork stuff in Pathfinder, and it's um, does some does some slightly different, interesting things with 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 weapons and gear and that kind of thing. Oh, now, now maybe I'm going to have to ask you a question because maybe I'm not informed properly. Um, are there two APs or one AP associated with Drift Crisis? Two. Two, two APs, okay. two three-volume APs that can be run back-to-back -back to it. make one AP if you really want. Okay. But they are so separate Drift Crashers stories. and then mm -hmm. Drift Hackers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, it's a lot of drift. Yes. Well, I, I remember hearing early on about those two and then i forgot and i knew that we were talking about drift crashers a whole bunch i didn't know that anybody started talking about drift hackers and you're sure i, I brought it up now. at PaizoCon. okay then it's fine yeah, yeah. I, I said all this at PaizoCon to to the larger twitch audience i think i may even yeah. put typed it into the PaizoCon discord at some point everyone the title just the titles and the authors and oh yeah not yeah, necessarily yeah. cool that much about them and i think the first volume comes out this december so we have you know solicited right. it by now Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. You know, I was going to ask about hardcovers in general. You know, I was mm -hmm. kind of thinking about this weekend that there, there's kind of three, I'm going to say three basic flavors of hardcovers that we have for Starfinder. We have kind of rules-based ones. We kind of have right now, they're kind of location-based ones. And then we have the creature ones, Alien Archives. Yeah. And uh, Alien Archives seem pretty straightforward. We have uh, the first one, then we have AA2, 3, and 4. And I imagine mm -hmm. down the road there might be AA5. So that seems like a pretty constant, constant system. The the location-based ones I think are actually kind of interesting. Um, you know, it starts off with uh, Pack Worlds. It goes into near space. Um, we have uh, the Galactic Exploration Manual, which covers the vast. Mm -hmm. Then we have Drift Crisis, which kind of covers the drift. So I'm mm -hmm. categorizing all those kind of as different locations. Yeah. And then for the rules-based ones, we have the core rule book, then armory, uh, character operations manual, uh, sh uh, starship operations manual, uh, tech revolution, galactic magic, right? kind of mm -hmm. build, building out different areas for that. Now, the reason why I bring this up is it seems like that um, with, with drift, crisis so that location-based one we have two three volume ap's for that so six mm -hmm. total books and then we also have kind of for each of the other areas so for pack worlds um we had a dawn of flame which is a six volume ap uh for the near space book we had attack of the swarm which is a six volume ap um for the Galactic Exploration Manual, though, we, we have Horizons of the Vast, which is a six-volume AP. So there's there's kind of a close connection, it seems like to me. When you announce a new location book, you also have an adventure tied with it. Is that a, a very conscious decision, I guess, when you're when you're developing those things? 
Yes and no. Um, <laughs> with the drift crisis and all the drift crashers and drift hacker stuff, that is obviously a, a, a concerted effort to to make a a year long event uh, right. uh, that will affect the setting. We're trying that as a, something to be, you know, something a little bit different. <clears throat> If you want to, it kind of the further you go back, I would say the less connected, the less <laughs> the le, not connected, but the less um, uh, uh, concerted effort we made to do that. Right. Um, uh, you know, going back to say <clears throat> Horizons of the Vast, I knew that the Galaxy Exploration Manual was had the sort of ex- exploration system in it, and it was right. about the time that we thought of the story, and and it sort of had it was a nice coincidence, hap- happenstance, and then at the time, actually, probably uh, maybe. Horizons of the Vest could have come out a slightly bit later so that it, we didn't have to reprint the salient points of the exploration system in the first right. volume of of that because it, it got a little got a little uh, 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 crunched. Um, uh, and we didn't want to have to, you know, say exactly like definitely go buy this book, which is real brand new. And uh, mm-hmm. but well, here's the but but definitely we were pointing people to please go buy the book because it's right. also got a whole bunch of great stuff in it. Um, the connection between. I think Attack of the Swarm in your space is a coincidence. Um, <laughs> okay. The pl- I just, you know, it was like, let's have a swarm fight. Um, yeah. T- t- swarm war situation. So let's, and, and, and the, I, I didn't, I wanted to really wreck a planet. So it couldn't have been one of the pack worlds. So we, we sort of thought right. about, we sort of banded that back. Oh, maybe, maybe they attacked the pack worlds and we have to fight them. Off. So I really wanted to wreck something and then yeah. come back to it. Um, and at that time there was sort of a prevailing attitude of like, there's the setting, but don't break the setting with the APs exactly because if <laughs> okay. something drastically changes by the end of it, um, then uh, 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 bringing it back to the status quo was always kind of like you know a little bit boring. You know what I mean? Because oh, what was the point of this AP if not it's all back to the same? And uh, you know, right. the swarm wrecking one of the pack worlds would have been a major event. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I think I said that in the in near space just because I wanted it to be close to the pack, you know, close enough, not near, f- so near, far away. Yeah. In the pack world, to be near the pack world. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. that when you are uh, making characters for you, go, Oh yeah, I'm from the pack world. And I just, you know, I can jump in right. here and get there pretty, pretty easily. Um, the, uh, although I would say Dawn of Flame is actually a direct result of something written in pack worlds. It came out long enough after that pack worlds was, I think even in print, maybe at that point, mm. or fully in print. When Chris Sims was thinking about Dawn of Flame, he read something in the stuff about the sun. Now there's this one area right. that is uh, a sauna town, which is um, where the Lashunta have, you know, psychic nightmares or something along those lines. He's like, okay, I'm going to base in a full AP around that idea. And so like, here's Great, one sentence it. that I found. I'm going to build a yeah. whole six book ap around it <laughs> yeah he's like well what if something was in yeah. the sun and what if they you know yeah. and then he just sort of uh, rift from there so they, yeah. that one was was related but it wasn't like con- we didn't consciously think to put that sentence in pack worlds right. in order to make an ap out of it it just happened to be there and that's sometimes where we get our ideas we'll be we'll mm-hmm. look at some stuff that we've already printed and be like oh we should do that we should we should I can think of ways to spin that out into full adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And how does that process work? You know, where you said Chris Sims had this idea or you had an idea. How, how does uh, a book get pitched or how does an AP get pitched and how does any relation between those kind of get worked out? Yeah. I mean, we have generally weekly meetings where the whole Starfinder team comes together and we talk about what, 
but you know, we have a schedule. We know that we know enough that we need to make some APs. We need to make some hardcover books. And then we start figuring out what it is. And as a group, we sort of figure out what kind of book we think we need and what kind of book we have time for. Um, and uh, uh, at the, or, you know, what kind of AP do we want to do? Um, the AP stuff is sort of gets sort of generally pitched in that. Yeah. And, and because of the schedule too, we also know who's going to be working on said books. So those mm-hmm, people get mm-hmm. the sort of say on like, oh, I really want to make this AP be about, you know, space horror. I want this to be the space horror AP. Great. Okay. You know, and then that person goes off and writes an outline. Um, and then that gets kind of bandied about to some people to sort of, you know, iron out some kinks or, or look, notice some obvious plot holes or whatever. And then once that sort of gets approved, uh, we, we've, we've start finding freelancers. It's, I've, I've simplified the process a great deal, but it does, yeah. you know, uh, involve us writing outlines and just sort of brainstorming things with each other, figuring out like, Oh, here's maybe writing sample pieces for like a hardcover. Like, Oh, we want X, Y, Z to look like this. Uh, here's an example of it. So, so follow this template. Uh, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know. And, and who, who has the final say on approving stuff? Is that Eric Mona or is it, uh, somewhere else in the chain of command. Yeah, I mean, Eric Eric has final say on a lot of, of this stuff uh, through Starfinder and Pathfinder, I think. Being the publisher, essentially, although I think yeah. his title is slightly different now. Um, uh, Chief Creative Officer, I think. Uh, <laughs> is the sort of the uh, the uh, the one who says, oh, okay, well, you know. And often, you know, a lot of the times he's sort of in some of these brainstorming meetings to begin with, so he can help steer us in one way or the other, but uh, 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 for the most part, he's not, you know, but like something's been completely outlined and everyone's thought about it and brainstorm. And then he comes in and says, hell no, he, I, I don't think that's ever happened. It's just sort of, it's right. not, you know, cause he's in the loop to, to begin with. So he knows what, what's coming down the line and then he just mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. you know, gives a little check mark on the, on the, uh, oh yeah, this all looks fine and detailed. Go, go for it. Yeah, make sure there's no glaring things that you guys right. get tunnel vision on and say, oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this really horrific kind of thing given what's going on with world events or something. Yeah, yeah. or this, you know, like hey, this title yeah. of this one adventure uh, sounds like a, an old Planet Stories novel or something mm-hmm. like that, something we might not have noticed. Or did you Google this? Oh, this sounds like something right. else. Oh, change it. Fix this title. Or I don't like the way the sounds are, you know. Right. Little things like that, I think, are okay. Now you mentioned um, the uh, hex exploration system, right? Mm-hmm. That's in uh, Horizons of the Vast, and yeah. and in the Galaxy Exploration Manual. You know, uh, one of the questions the lava being asked is uh, also asked regarded like adding subsystems. Right. So when you decide you're going to add a subsystem or a mini game or something to uh, an AP, um, or even I guess in in a in a rule book, what type of um, process do you go through to say oh this is what we want to do this is how we're going to balance it or this is how it's going to work you know because there's like a starship subsystem there's a vehicle subsystem yeah hex exploration subsystem now there's a mech subsystem right all these all these different ones so what type of considerations kind of go in on something like that well uh i think it's sweet there's some things about like what what a story needs uh in terms of ap stuff you know if we're you know talking about horizons of the vast was always going to be kingmaker in space so right and that was yeah. a very much a exploration game with management right um so uh that you know exploration is sort of a, an old like an oldie but a goodie anyway right so we knew we'd eventually probably have to have something like that in starfinder because it's a role-playing game trope in a lot of ways why not why mm-hmm. not provide people the the tools for it uh but with that with the 
charter management system to be added on to that. That was the sort of what do we, how do we want this? And and the considerations for that are like, uh, you know, how can we make this? For me, always, I would say it's it's a little bit about like, this is an extra subsystem. Can we make it engaging, but simple enough for people to to grab onto a, a where there are choices that have meaning, um, mm-hmm. and how to pl- make that how to put that on like eight pages, <laughs> how to make all that work on eight pages, basically, right? Um, I because I know as having run the original Pathfinder Kingmaker a, mm-hmm. a while back that Kingdom the all both the exploration and the the Kingdom match were of interest to my players, but like they didn't maybe one of them sort of was really knew the rules and it, it was mostly right. me sort of reminding them them of the rules every couple of sessions. Oh, we need to do the kingdom stuff. Everyone just start rolling the dice to, you know, figure this and look, and then, you know, going through the charts and whatever. <clears throat> so, you know, thinking about that and hopefully making things not sim- simple, but just sort of, you know, digestible enough that uh, players who, want to can get into it and, and find all the fun choices, but maybe some of the other players who are in the middle ground of people who don't, uh, who, you know, vaguely interested in mechanics, but are more interested in their character, uh, can sort of also be informed. And then also, you know, those, the people who are just sort of in it for the story can maybe tune out and, and have it, right. this kind of, this kind of thing can pass by pretty quickly, or if they can sort of raise their hand and be like, Oh, I really think we should build a, you know, a, a satellite dish now if because mm-hmm. maybe something for their character would but i need to broadcast i need to broadcast studio because my character yeah. is a vid stream star okay yeah. well let's figure out how we can do that um uh, so those are those are some considerations yeah you know it's funny i, I i'm jamming um horizons of the vast right now yeah. and and so we've been doing a lot of the hex exploration we're just finishing up the first first book now and ron's in the book and his he's in the group and his big thing is he really wants a space elevator. So everything yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing, what do we need to do to build up to get a space elevator? Yeah. You know, he doesn't know why he wants yeah. one. It just, he just thinks that's really cool. <laughs> it's so. not something you can create in like Pathfinder Kingmaker. So yeah, let's, uh, let's do the things that are Starfinder, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and he, and he, he's very familiar with the, the Kingmaker as well. And so he's, yeah. he's kind of looking at the differences. Oh, we don't have to build a bunch of graveyards and, and dumps. That's not a, <laughs> a way to maximize utility here. That's great. You know, so, yeah. you know, looking at the refinements of the system and think I never played it. So I didn't, I didn't know. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's good to have him there. And, um, and I think our players, you know, this is the first time we really got heavily involved in a subsystem and my mm-hmm. players have really gotten into it, um, which I, I think is, is cool because it's way different than, you know, the regular, you know, role-playing and, and bash mm-hmm. monsters kind of things. And we end up, you know, kind of splitting each session almost half and half oh, uh, to get, to get enough done. And, and it's, it's worked out, worked out fairly well. Now that's always good to hear because, you know, yeah. I can create this thing and, do a little testing in house, but you never really kind of never really know how it's going to get fully received. Like, oh, this definitely works mechanically, and it, you know, I think there are some choices here, but like, it takes you know boots on the ground kind of experience yeah. to yeah. to hear like, oh, people are into it. And uh, granted, I've you know, one GM most of these APs. If you need any feedback, let me know. I can I can get it. From my <laughs> you player, know what? So. <laughs> let's go. Let's go from <laughs> first the first. Let's start with Dead Sons. Tell me what you think now. Oh, okay. I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Let's on get that. into it. Let's yeah, get in. Every, yeah. Well, I've already we've already released the you know sent the uh, the collective yeah. edition to the printer. Yeah, so I know. There's not I, much I, I could change there. That sounds is I, I like it a lot, but there's just certain things. 
I'll tell you the thing that bugs me the most about dead signs. And as soon as I saw that, I'm thinking, this is nuts. There's a very large spaceship at the end. And the dimensions on it, the dimensions are just so far off for something that Mm. immense. And I'm thinking, they're saying it's this big, yet it only weighs this amount? There's something wrong here. We had, we, we had some trouble. I don't know why we bothered putting weights of starships into the <laughs> game at the beginning. You shouldn't that was do something that. that we, no. We shouldn't, because I don't know the math enough to, you yeah. know, I, I yeah. could have been responsible for that original error in the cool rule book, because <laughs> I didn't know the cubic square rule or whatever it's called uh, yeah. for weight. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that so that's like, I think everything else is fine, but that one thing, it just still sticks with me. It's mm. like, oh, I've been on ships that weigh this much. They're way smaller than this. So, mm. <laughs> well, this uh, Empire of Bones is made out of bones. So, it yeah, doesn't have a but, whole bunch of life support systems in it. So, it's lighter, right? Yeah. Not, he okay. said. Yes. 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 <laughs> Trying to justify uh, anyway. it. Yeah. But uh, no, no, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I there's a lot of the APs. There are some really cool things to take away, and then there's yeah. some kind of weird systems with them. So all of them, I think, introduce yeah. something, something a, a little different that, that I think makes them fun, right? Having having some the, some variance there. So that's the idea. Uh, yeah. So when you you develop primarily APs, right? You alternate with yes. um, with Jenny now, right? it's yes it's it's the other whoever's currently in the group at the point it's been uh uh, lots of people over the past four or five years three or four people where where do you get your inspiration from when you're looking at hey i'm it's my turn to do an ap uh you know coming out next year Mm -hmm. um what am i gonna what am i gonna base that around what's a good topic or what's a good framework to hang things on where do you get that inspiration uh, I have like a small list of things that I think I would be interested in, essentially, and it's always just sort of pitch a couple of those and then see what gets the most excitement and, and mm-hmm. work on that. But like to begin with, like the first one I outlined from, from scratch was Signal to Screams, and I was like, uh, this is my first shot, and I just want to do space horror. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, went there. Uh, and then uh, I can't remember what it did. did it, Attack of the Swarm come. I mean, it was then it was Dawn of Flame, and then it was Attack of the Swarm already. Uh, so Signal Screams, Dawn of Flame, Attack of the Swarm. That's the, the order. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wow. It just seems like that there was. I mean, I had already worked on a bunch of uh, you know of Dead Sons and Against the Iron mm-hmm. Throne, but those were not my ideas. Um, right. Uh, 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 Attack of the Swarm was just basically like, hey, you know, we haven't really done much with the Swarm yet. It's one of our big baddies. Let's do something with that. And I was like, mm-hmm. let's do a war AP. Really want to mess up a planet, but the thing about that is, I'm not super familiar with war stories and and uh, uh, that kind of thing. Which is why, if you play Attack of the Swarm, which is why at the end it gets weird. Yeah. Yes. Because that's basically like yes, I take it to the weird spot because that's where I want to go with it. I could have, you know, could have tried to really sat down and maybe mapped out an entire like real gritty war campaign, but this is also science fantasy and I wanted to throw that right. science fantasy stuff in there. So that you get a comet that can skip around space. You get a mindscape, but it comes back to the, the gritty, yes. uh, comes back to the war at the end, which I, which I yeah. made a, you know, a uh, concerted effort to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I, um, again, that's another one I played through. I did not like mm-hmm. the mindscape at all. Not okay. Not fair enough. I, yeah, I don't like the mindscape. And then my GM um, 
I didn't have a very good GM for it. And because mm-hmm. I was talking to Ron who wrote uh, the God host ascends the final book. Yeah. Final. And I said, man, I didn't really get this part. What was going on here? And he said, Oh, your GM didn't do this and explain that you were supposed to tell that was the most important uh, part. And so oh, I really? kind of missed it all. Right. Kind of the, what, the real. What, what chunk did you know. miss? Um, yeah, without spoil, maybe you don't want to spoil it. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to spoil it. There, there's something, there's something near the end, kind of a chase scene that if you don't do something, mm. something happens. And and it was like a oh nothing, in his book, yeah, in his book. Oh, and I know what like, you're talking about. That yeah. yeah, it was like a nothing thing for us, and apparently it was mm. a big important thing. It just didn't get told to us that way. And, uh, you know, these things happen. You get some variants. Yeah. Um, this is one of the reasons why I like the GM stuff, because then I make sure I cover everything the way I want. Because you never know, sure, yeah. you know, when you get, you, never uh, know. you know, and I, and I try to get Paizo folks to GM things. I kind of figure they know what they're doing. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think but, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So some of the, some of the ideas kind of come out of, uh, necessity for maybe what the brand is because i think after right. that comes devastation arc and it's like right. let's have a high level one okay what's yes. the high level thing that i can think of um uh, and you know let's bring back let's talk about the, the two ancient yes. warring civilizations from yes. dead sons let's bring one of them in and have them be totally awful and evil uh and attack the pack worlds that was the attack the pack world situation needed to have these high high stakes right i i think I, I, I'm in, I'm halfway through the second book with that now, and Ron's GM. Yeah, and I really, and that's for our actual play. I really like that part a lot because we mm. started playing with Dead Sons with this group, and right. to now get the the back having that stuff come back, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, the devastation arc is is really cool. Except for I hate I hate those spongins, man. That's just kind of a weird, creepy thing to me, you know. This, this Spun- biological dungeon. Uh, oh, yeah, we called it. A <laughs> yeah, that one. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, no, yeah, that one's good. Let's get weird. You know, there's a whole thing yeah, about like we yeah. don't know what the sieve look like, so let's try to make them as weird as possible. Let's give yes. them weird yeah. stuff. Everything good about the let's uh, second. In fact, everything good about most of what. <laughs> I develop. Yeah, I can contribute to the authors, but um, I would say, every, especially the second volume of Devastation Arc, that yeah. was a lot of a lot of Eleanor Farron's just yes. Remark- we had a, a lot of conversations at the beginning about like how uh, uh, to treat this because it's kind of a refugee story in some ways, right. and how to make sure right. that we right. understand like. But but you know, obviously, it's also this ship comes in and you don't know where it's from. Let's you know, we right. have to make sure that it it's. You talk to the to the you know the 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 star chamber about like what do we do about it and it shouldn't be just let's shoot it down because it's strange and alien because you know that right. isn't a little too xenophobic so we had to make have people be worried about these sort of things and and right have some people try yeah. to reach out but then get killed because it's a bad yeah. it's a bad spaceship yeah no this we're we're pretty excited about that and uh, Eleanor is actually in our in our group as well right yeah um, yeah she didn't want to GM it <laughs> so Ron's still GMing it. That's um, fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then Ron, of course, is jamming the, the book he wrote, the final book, when when we get to that. And, and our Again, group actually, it gets bonkers. Yes. Sorry, we play it tested. Gets, it our group bonkers. play tested oh, yeah, part right. of it because he, you know nobody knew what level 18 to 20 was like, right? You know, yeah. how the balance was for things. And so he just brought in like uh, one battle, like one encounter. We level up our characters to level 18 mm. to see how we would we would do with that. And, uh, and I'm actually... 
you know, we're at 16th level now in, in the second book. I've learned a whole lot of cool stuff that you can do at the higher levels at, you know, through society play, which we only go up to level 13 now. You never quite experience. And, and this really gets me really itching for more high level APs. So I hope, <laughs> I hope that's something that's coming down the road. Uh, I'm we not always ask you about anything like that. No. Nah, <laughs> the problem is, is that you know not a lot of groups get up to that high level. Yeah. So high level adventures don't sell as well. So there's always yeah. the, no that's the commercial. I hear all that stuff. I get yeah. it. Uh, but you know when you talk about high level adventures, the point of them should not be to shut down high level abilities, but to require high level mm -hmm. abilities. Right. Make that part right. of the story. And and really just be like, oh, look, yeah, you can't maybe do everything that we tell, you know, in the span of time that you are given here. But maybe you can because we don't know what kind of crazy high level abilities you might have or interactions right. between spells or something like that. So or this, or, this, or this bit's going to run. Characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. This, this particular set of encounters is going to run you ragged because mm -hmm. you're going to have access to all spells to refresh yourself and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a lot of fun, and because this is a the actually the third AP our group has gone through, we nice. were pretty tight in terms of how we how we do things and you know how we interact with each other, and it makes it makes it very enjoyable. And in fact, I'm hoping when we get done with this one, because probably Ron won't be able to continue. I don't know what his status is going to be. That maybe we could bring you on board as well to oh, yeah. uh, to do one of your favorites, maybe some of the, the, the drift stuff. I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. I mean, sure. I'm always, I'm always kind of ready to run a game. Yeah. If people want me to run a game for them, um, or if people, anyone, every time I sort of hear like someone go like, Oh man, I don't have anyone to play with. I'm like, but I'll yeah. play with you, but I, I don't have time to play with everybody, unfortunately. Yes. So yeah. I have to let some of that go. Excellent. Excellent. Well, for sure. When, you know, again, we're probably, you know, five, six months down before we finish yeah, all sure, of, yeah. you know, this book. Cause we play every, every other week, right. To, to mm -hmm, knock it yeah. out. Um, but for sure, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on that. Well, Jason, uh, this is some good high level stuff. I think that we've, we've oh, yeah. talked about, um, you know, kind of what your role is and actually what happens in, in the star chamber there. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll, you know, kind of dive into some more specific things. And, and if you actually have any questions for me that, uh, you know, from my perspective as a as a frequent GM and and yeah. player, I have a ton of high level players in society play, but you know that's only thirteen or fourteen. But <laughs> I'm I'm probably one of the few people that have played a ton and GM'd a ton, uh, both APs and uh, scenarios. So I'm happy to answer any questions that you you come up with uh, as well. Sure. Yeah. I guess you know it's tough to think of questions, but like also just anytime you want to take. Tell me a story about something interesting that happened in a in a high level game or whatever. I'm I'm down to listen. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the biggest issue I have with high level games now is you have so many abilities hmm. and trying to figure out. Uh, like I'm I'm playing a Vanguard, and the Vanguard mm -hmm. has so many different ways to mitigate damage and and do different mm -hmm. things. Keeping track of all of them <laughs> that's that's my biggest yeah. issue right now. I you know because if we're not playing. You know, every week I got to go back and remember and have cheat sheets yeah, and yeah. do this. And, and it's online. So, you know, but roll 20 doesn't easily show all this stuff. And, mm. but yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, I, we can talk about that later. That can be, uh, something sure. we have. Yeah. We can maybe make a whole show out of it. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a good idea. 
All right. Well, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. I'm John. I'm Jason. This has been Digital Divination.